Never before in the history of sports podcasts have two men brought you opinion and analysis like these two. They speak for a city that's desperate for wins and titles, not whining and travesty. You might not agree with what they have to say, but you'll defend their right to say it. Sports fans across the world, from Chicago, Illinois, this is The Mac and Reed Show. Good evening, everybody. Welcome in to The Mac and Reed Show, our first show here on the Barroom Network. I'm joined by the one and only Ross Reed, as you can see. Here in our first video cast as well on the Barroom Network, uh, we can be found on Twitter and social media. I'm at the Real Evan Mac. Ross is at Ross Reed. Looking good. You're the Bruno Mars to my Anderson pack. Look at oh, you. Oh, man. But you are multi talented on the drums, on the board. Good evening to you, sir. I was doing his his wig flip. I don't know if anybody got <laughs> that. I think you got it, though. The What's going on, my those, friend? The amount of Coke those guys did on Grammy's <laughs> night is, is epic. Enough that you can get a whole slide. Dude, what an after party that must have been. We have a lot to talk about in this hour. You guys got us from 7 to 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, thank you to Aldo and everybody at Barroom for making this our new home. We are very pumped to be here. We will be here pretty much every Wednesday night with y'all talking about Chicago sports and beyond that. Uh, like that lovely intro indicated, we'll be talking about everything uh, pop culture. Bears, Bulls, Sox, of course. Uh, everything is, is on the table. Tonight, we'll be talking about many things. We'll lead off with Bears news, of course. Who do you want to see the Bears draft? Ross will have some hot takes as usual. We'll talk about the Bulls as they have clinched a playoff berth. Excitement, but uh, a little mixed emotions, I would say, for sure, with that as well. Talk about the rest of the NBA, Lakers' future, look ahead to the playoffs, what we like there. We'll recap some of the NCAA championship game as well. We'll talk about those Grammys that we mentioned. Pusha T, a lot to get to. Uh, and uh, a, a nice special segment at the end that'll give you all a nice, uh, a bit of more insight into Ross's and my musical background. And speaking of the Grammys too, Ross, you didn't go in Vegas? Ross is just fresh off his, his Vegas vacation. I was fresh off a of Vegas vacation. I did not go. Um, lost every bet that I had out there, so I needed to get the <laughs> hell out of there. Um, but the scenery of that weekend was uh, was epic as impressive as you can imagine the Grammys being in Vegas for the first time. Um, people in tuxedos at like 10 o'clock in the morning, even though the Grammys didn't start until the afternoon. Uh, it was wild. It was, uh, but it was, it was a lot of fun, and um, it, was, it was good to see that event out there the weekend, and, and uh, there were Tons of artists out there. I didn't see any of them, but they had like the baby out there and, and just tons of, uh, you know, hip hop artists and stuff like that. Jack Harlow all the way around. So uh, fun weekend right. in Vegas, but good to be back home in the, uh, the, the seasonal 45 degree Chicago weather. It's just that little bit of tease, that little bit that is, yeah. is warmer, but not quite there, you know, yeah, it's almost feels, barbecue weather. We'll see. Feels more like uh, it feels more like uh, Bears weather than baseball weather. Even though we've got opening day on the north side tomorrow, you know, opening day is usually forty and, and gross in the Midwest yes. here, and and we yes, love sir. it. Yes, but sir. Before yes, we get sir. into all that, let's let's talk about the Bears, Ross, and, and you can it. kick this, this conversation off. And by the way, cheers to our first show. Yes, cheers. The Batman. Shout out to uh, shout out to Robert Pattinson, my new Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah listen i wanted to uh, you know i wanted to kick this show off we are a couple weeks now from the draft right we just got through the first couple waves of free agency where the bears were you know fairly quiet you know i think ryan poles is taking a um a, a methodical pace to putting this roster together rome wasn't built in in uh in a day and i don't think the bears uh 
you know, winning roster will be built in a day either. So he's kind of taking an approach right now where he wants uh, players that fit the culture of the team and what he wants. And then, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, athletic ability um, and guys that are just going to really fit in and, you know, go forward with Ryan, uh, with uh, Justin Fields. So now we switch our focus to the draft. Uh, Bears have two second round picks, as everybody knows by now, the second one coming off of the Khalil Mack trade recently. Um, you know, and, you know, what do you do with those picks? You know, where do you go with those picks? I think wide receiver right now is a really uh, a top choice for a lot of people, but the Bears have some needs, you know, in my opinion, their top needs in the draft are wide receiver, offensive tackle is a big need uh, as well, as well as guard. Um, but also, you know, I look at that secondary and you look at what Matt Eberflus wants to do, you know, running a lot of cover two, running a lot of, uh, you know, nickel as well as uh, receivers in, as the offense in, in the NFL like to spread you out three, four, you know, wide receivers at a time, um, you know, they could really use some secondary as help as well. Another safety to go with Eddie Jackson. You don't even know if Eddie Jackson is a long-term fit for this team. You certainly need another corner opposite Jalen Johnson because the Bears struggled mightily there last year. Uh, every other corner that they put opposite of him was absolutely, you know, just uh, brutal at best. And as long as Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins are still in your division, you better be able to defend the pass. Um, but they also can go three technique defensive tackle. So, you know, me personally, my my biggest needs, uh, you know, for the Bears, wide receiver, offensive line, guard and tackle are both needs and then some secondary help as well. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, you look at pretty much in the that second round, the guys who are going to be available and it's just mm -hmm. so much is going to change. We're going to see some trades or, or some sort of uh, variables that are going to come in where this, this is not set. I think that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, certainly the bears um, with that Khalil Mack trade and, and with the off season, everything that's happened. Now you're going to see them have those two picks in the second round. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I'm, I'm really torn on where I want to see them spend those second round picks because I know that a lot of people, you know, Ryan Falls himself said, Hey, didn't, Devontae Adams come from the second round and, and a host of other guys have come there. So you look at Alabama receiver, John Machie or Penn state receiver, Jan Dotson. There's, there's a bunch of guys like that. Georgia receiver, George Pickens that I looked at where a lot of people had them uh, around the bears and around the NFL yeah. had them mocked to the bears team, but also you need a cornerback. Like you said, a guy from Clemson, you know, name that floats around like Andrew Booth jr. Uh, you, you need, a lot of depth of the offensive line. And I think where the bears really struggled, certainly he, he struggled with, you know, it's twofold. He struggled with his chemistry with wide receivers. I mean, mm -hmm. when you have a guy like Allen Robinson out there, he was an all, all pro guy who's incredible. And now he goes to the Rams. You know that he's going to have a thousand yard, maybe 12 touchdown, 50 catch season, at least something like that, probably a hundred catch season, you know, after a down year like that, he's just ridiculous. he, he now only has Darnell Mooney and a bunch of like unproven guys who he doesn't really have chemistry with uh, yeah. to go and throw to. But you also you think about the interior, uh, that's that's tough right there. And that tackle too with Tevin Jenkins, you don't exactly know what you have with him and his injury history, in brief history in a Bears uniform. So uh, I know Jordan said he'd love to see Logan Hall or Roger McCreary. I'll let you feel that as well, Ross. But I, I'm, I'm very torn. I think I'd be happy with addressing both those positions and wide receiver and offensive line in the second round. But it's also like you, you don't really know. It's very unpredictable to see who will be on the board there. And like you said, opposite Jalen Johnson, there's just been a hole since Kyle Fuller left when you let him walk. Yeah. Yeah, there really has been. And, you know, a couple of things, and I agree with you, Jordan, I, I like both of those players, but a couple of things that I would like to see the approach for Ryan Pohl's take here is, you know, number one, you know, the Bears need to come out of this draft with about three to four starters, in my opinion, especially since they, they really didn't dig deep too much in the free agent class. So while they have two second round picks right now, I'd really like for them to trade back in one of those second round picks and stock about some more picks. See if you can get another third or, or, or a fourth round pick and be able to find yourself another contributor, uh, you know, with one of those picks. I know a couple of guys in the comments are, are mentioning the same thing, right? Um, going back to the offensive line, we talk about Jenkins. He had the back issue. And, and stuff like that um you know borum you know is also an option but i think it's really important to remember that ryan poles former offensive lineman right 
Um, he's a super analytical guy, but offensive line is kind of like his baby, in my opinion. And these are not his guys that he's inheriting. So I don't think he's necessarily married to either one of those guys. He's certainly going to give them a shot to compete, you know, and so will, you know, at Matt Eberflus in their roster. But he's going to look at every opportunity he can to pick up, you know, some extra talent and that those positions. And there's a very good chance that he doesn't believe in Jenkins or Burham to be long-term fits for the Bears uh, offensive line. I think circling back to wide receiver, you know, I personally, I, I love Darnell Mel Mooney. I think he's a great uh, wide receiver. I think he has solid number two wide receiver, you know, potential. He's already kind of shown that. I think he's got fringe uh, number one wide receiver, you know, potential. I personally would like to see a guy with some size and also with some physicalness and some nastiness while also being explosive as well. So, you know, I look at guys like Pickens. I look at guys like Watson. I feel like those guys kind of fit the mold a little bit. They're both bigger, taller guys. Those are bigger targets for Justin Fields to be able to hit, but also, you remember you're playing in the NFC North, you're playing in cold weather games, you're, you're playing in inclement weather a lot. And for you to be able to hit a guy like that in stride on a slant pass or a quick out and for them to be able to, to take it for an extra 30, 40 yards with their legs and their physicality, those things to me really, really stand out, right? You know, I, as much as we love the, the deep guys and the burners, we've seen guys like Taylor Gabriel and stuff like that in the past and they've had some success, but it doesn't translate long-term, you know, with the Bears, um, part of it, of course, is the quarterback. And I do think Justin can get the ball there. He's um, one of the most accurate passers uh, last year on deep balls. He also is amazing off the play action. We've seen the uh, advanced analytics on that. But I really want a, a, a wide receiver who's bigger and stronger and kind of work in the middle of the field a little bit and, uh, and rip one off on their own and help their quarterback. Right. That's what we've seen um, the Devontae Adams, like you said, in, in, uh, of the world and, and some of the other better receivers do. Sure. Or an AJ Brown with the Titans. Uh, You need these big bodied guys who can go up. And Allen Robinson was that guy. Just could catch anything you throw his way. We just didn't see it for whatever reason between him and Justin Fields last year. I know someone in the chat mentioned uh, Zion Johnson as well, who is a beast. Mm -hmm. And he could be a steal over there. Yeah. Out of Florida state. Yeah. I like Uh, Allen. Someone else mentioned. Who's that? Yeah, I like I like Alec Pierce too. I know Pierce is a name that that yeah. Cliff just brought up as well. I don't like Pierce early in the second round, but I feel like if you can sneak him in later on, again, another big guy, another explosive guy. These are the kind of guys that I think Ryan Poles are going to be targeting. Athletic fits the culture, fits the mold of, of what you want, you know, to work with with Fields. Yeah, we we can't forget too that the guys that are on this offensive line currently. You know, had significant reps. I mean, certainly uh, Dozier and Lucas Patrick are the new guys. But if you look at the depth chart, if it started, if we started playing this, this schedule tomorrow, we had Tevin Jenkins, Cody Whitehair, Lucas Patrick, Dakota Dozier, and Larry Borum. I don't hate it. I think, you know, again, you just have to bar uh, your expectations from all these injuries that happen. And so you need some guys to step up. It's, it's clear. But Tevin Jenkins, you know, let's not forget that he was a top pick uh, for this squad last year. And and of course, you know, every expectation was ruined because of that injury, but it is what it is. And that's what happens there. So I think, you know, going back to the whole Ryan Poles philosophy, it's been a mixed bag. I think a lot of Bears fans are not satisfied by what's happened so far. So far, I thought one of the headlines said it's been rife with tough decisions and disappointment. I, it's a mixed bag. You know, you can't you, you have to swing for a guy like Larry Ogunjobi we talked about in our podcast. And that's just such a freak thing where he he failed his physical. It is what it is. And the same thing with Ryan Bates. Hey, man, like you're not going to overpay for these guys because Rome wasn't built in a day. You have a lot of money to play with and uh, next year, and you can't exactly just build it all in one season. So you're going to get some significant role players to uh, help fix this team in the near future. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, again, you can't rush this process by any means. So to that end, Ross, yeah. You know, I, I know you hate grading guys early on like this, but what do you think of Ryan Poles' offseason so far? And, and, you know, you trust him to make the right picks. I, you know, he gets every benefit of the doubt for me until, you know, we talked about this in our last podcast. He gets all the benefit of the doubt for me until, you know, we play actual football games and we see the the win loss results, right? We've got to, we've got to grade guys 
going forward on the results on the field. And that's for everybody. That goes from Poles uh, to Cunningham, who, you know, who's his right-hand man right now, to Eberflus and his entire staff, Getsy, even down to a guy like Justin Fields, right? So, you know, we always used to say that Ryan Pace was winning off seasons and stuff like that. And the Khalil Mack trade was awesome. And, you know, Robert Quid, you know, had a, a down first year, but had an awesome last year. But look where it got everybody, right? It got all of them fired. It got Mr. Trubisky, you know, booted out and he's in uh, Pittsburgh now and, and, and stuff like that. So we have to see, you know, we've got to kind of see this through. It's April 6th right now. I, you have to preach and practice patience. I'd be really curious to see, you know, what all of this looks like, you know, come opening, uh, come opening week of, of the football. I'll say this though, it, just an automatic upgrade for me, for a guy who isn't willing to overspend and overpay in free agency, it almost never works out. I, I do not like what a team like Jacksonville is doing right now. I think that is a messy situation. Um, I kind of feel bad for Trevor Lawrence. I, I don't love the coaching staff there. I, I certainly don't love the general manager. And um, I, I just don't think that that's going to work out. You know, I, I like the way uh, polls is, is kind of approaching things. Um, it's usually proven in the past that that is the better approach to things, to be patient with it. And I'm very curious and excited to see, you know, what he does in the draft. In terms of on the field, listen, just the fact that Luke Getze alone is there and he's able to bring in a, a different scheme and he's going to be able to, you know, kind of tailor things better to Justin Fields' strengths, that to me is already an upgrade for everybody that you have currently on the roster, even, you know, the, the Borums and, and the Tevin Jenkins of the world, right? I think everybody was put in, the succeed, in, a, in a position to fail last year. I think we can all point to that Cleveland game as a prime example of that. That's Justin Fields' first start, if I'm not mistaken. I, I might be wrong by that. But it was just an abject disaster all the way around how Matt Nagy and his staff handled that. And I do have confidence going forward that, you know, the Bears will be put in a lot better position just off of the, the general manager and certainly the staff that they have alone. I think the important thing to keep in mind, too, is how Ryan Poles thinks about the offseason and how he's building this team. Mm -hmm. And it's the Bears will put – Justin Fields in a position to excel. Mm -hmm. And so to that end, second round, you know, I would, again, would not be surprised if you go in on the offensive line early and then get a flyer at a wide receiver. And in the later rounds, those are super important. We forget about that too. In the fourth round. I, I mean, I, it, I forget what picks they have now since the Khalil Mack trade where it just, you know, it's been years since they've had a first round pick type of yeah. situation, but you know, there's there's a lot of value in those later rounds, and you got to trust Ryan Poles until again they get on the field at that point. So, yeah, and to course. his point about getting Justin Fields all the help he needs, you did you forget about those guys that they also signed? I talked about the wide receiver. I talked about excuse me the offensive lineman that would start tomorrow. You think about Byron Pring Pringle and Equinemius St. Brown and what they bring to the table. They have experience at this point, and you know as far as building a roster. This is the toughest job, one of the tougher jobs in sports. You figure baseball certainly up there. Just the amount of guys and changeover and who makes the 53-man roster and who makes the practice squad, who's going to come up and replace, you know, Tevin Jenkins who goes down or a Darnell Mooney. Those next guys, it's really tough. So I, I'm also going to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I know this fan base. They're super yeah. fickle. <laughs> and we've we've been uh, long-suffering Bears fans, you and I, Ross, and right. it's tough to see a, a sort of rebuild at this point now. But I think patience is key. You go in with no expectations, really. The important right. thing right. is, and you know, you, you kind of knock on wood every time you mention it, is Justin Fields is, is the guy, and you just need the right play calling around him and the right offensive talent and skill position players and protection. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. And I do think that Justin Fields is the guy. I, I feel very confident about that. He's got he's got the tools uh, to succeed in this league. He's kind of the prototypical quarterback that you want to look for right now. Um, you know, just kind of circling back to the draft, there's one thing that I, I my personal opinion that I preface on um, is I I don't want you to overreach for a position. So just because you have two second round picks does not mean, in my opinion, that you need to take a you know wide receiver at 39 and then you know jump back in at at, at 48 or whatever and, and take an offensive line or something like that. I still like the best player available approach. Um, it's still to me the the best thing. I, I would not be uh, I would not be upset if the wide receiver that they uh, want is is uh, is 
is not there at 39, but maybe the next guy on their board will be there at 48 or something like that. So they decide to take a safety or something like that. I, I'm I'm fine with that. You know, don't don't panic to me. It's kind of what I um, didn't like about the Cole Komet, uh, you know, draft a couple of years ago. It's not that I hate Cole Komet. I know a lot of people on Twitter think that I hate him. I I think Cole Komet is a good football player, right? I just think that he was overdrafted for where he was at and, and kind of who the football player he is. Um you know, but also he could prove me wrong, right? He can have a much successful, you know, career with the Bears. My Bears draft hot take, though, Evan, is I think that Ryan Poles will uh, go out there and seek a U tight end and seek a true uh, receiving tight end for Justin Fields, a guy more in lines of a, of a Travis Kelsey type. Um, it to be a primary option for him. I know everybody's focusing on wide receiver right now, as they should. Wide receiver uh, core is putrid in Chicago. But do not sleep on Ryan Poles drafting a U tight end that could be a primary uh, receiver for Justin Fields. Is this in the second round, you think, Ross? No, I don't think so. This is just eventually. Yeah. yeah, I think you'll see that probably you know through the mid-rounds, but... I, I, I just, I feel that that's a strong option. I think that's going to happen. Wow. All right. I mean, it's like you mentioned, Cole Komet, the jury's still out on him. And, and like I talked about Justin Fields, the knock on him last year was just not really having a ton of chemistry with a bunch of guys. Certainly the tight ends, he had no chemistry and you had a pretty good dearth of weapons in, you know, like a Jesse James and then Jimmy Graham, you just got to throw it to him in the end zone. He's a novelty in that aspect, but Cole Komet, uh, again, maybe overdrafted, but yeah, it's tough. I know Cliff just yeah. said fifth, fifth for a tight end. That sounds about right. I mean, that you, you should take a flyer on him. I know they they just re-signed Horstead, right? They did, they did. Yeah, and they're gonna I give mean, him you, a shot, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I think you're gonna see a a, a true U tight end, and, and listen, that makes Cole Komet a better football player as well because it, it has him in line. It has him what he's better to do, and. You know, we, we've seen uh, teams excel before with two tight end sets. We saw Mac Jones last year who had two solid tight ends that the Patriots got out in uh, in free agency, and it, it helped him to succeed as well. But, you know, Horstead will get every opportunity to go out there and compete and, and win that job as he should. I thought that the offense last year did him a disservice. They didn't really even get him on the football field. Um, but I still think the Bears will go out there and find themselves a, a young man to eventually be the uh, one of the primary options for Justin Fields in, in the mode of a tight end. Yeah, anything is up in uh, every position is up for replacement at this point. You could see him draft a punter. Remember, mega punts gone. <laughs> you know, Patrick Sales needs someone to, to to snap to. Come that's on, the, that's the one thing I hope they don't do is draft a punter. <laughs> the last pick, you might find you know your legend over there. I know I, I saw when I was watching the little bit of you know the combine is just on NFL Network constantly now, yeah. and these guys were going in on one of the punters who was you know booming like 80 yard punts and stopping in inside the five i'm like i walked that guy let's yeah. get him in the fifth these punters these days <laughs> look like <laughs> these guys these punters these days look like rokon smith or humongous they're studs yeah. yeah they're like multi, you know they were stud they were probably won high school uh state championships and uh -huh. were multi-sport athletes in college yeah, yeah they're studs man um but yeah in case you're you're keeping score at home two two second round picks a third, two fifths, and a sixth. Thank you, Cliff, for telling us about that as well. Uh, let's let's switch focus, Ross. Uh, yes. and let's talk about the Chicago Bulls. Yes. And do you want the good news or the bad news? Um, I got I got all news. So let's go let's go good news first. All right. Okay. The good news is the Bulls have clinched a playoff berth. It's the first time since 2017 uh, since that that weird debacle of. The three alphas, the three alphas, <laughs> the three alphas of yeah. Jimmy Butler, of Rondo, and Dwayne Wade, and older Excellent. Dwayne Wade, who just wanted to put on a Bulls jersey for a year. Uh, so that's that's pretty much all the good news to me. The bad news, there's so much bad news. Uh, mm -hmm. The bad news is Lonzo Ball now ruled out for the season. That's mm -hmm. just a huge blow to the backcourt. Uh, that news broke yesterday, uh, or excuse me, early today, and. He's out for the remainder of 21-22 season. He underwent surgery on his left knee yeah, on January 28th. Yeah, I mean, he's already had an injury out, a tournament that's gone awful. in the past. Yeah. Just awful. Yeah, for a guy who has struggled with injuries. That, that's mm -hmm. a huge blow because, again, we talked about it previously, that this guy is essential uh, for the defense and also as a facilitator. 
for this Bulls team and to realize their full offensive potential. They're right outside top 10 right now. But even worse than that, I think if they get Lon- if they had gotten Lonzo back, first of all, if they'd gotten back for the playoffs, you would have no chemistry with him too, which is tough. And, and you mm-hmm. certainly need that unit playing um, together and then figuring out what your rotation looks like with the bench. But the Bulls, after last night, getting beat once again by the Bucks, I believe they got swept. They're 0-18 against the top three teams in the East and West this season. So that spells disaster for this team in the playoff. If the playoffs started today, if they have to play the the Bucks, which it looks like they would if they did start today, they just don't. It, it's just a matchup nightmare. There's so many uh, problems with how they play. And, and let's not forget the Bucks are also the reigning champs for good reason. And they have mm-hmm. such a good team there. Now they're getting Brooke Lopez back to getting him healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, as far as the matchups and a guy who could guard Drew Holiday, who's been smoking the Bulls. He smoked him last night, led the team in assists. That you needed Lonzo Ball for that. I mean, Pat, Patrick Williams is nice, but it's uh, he was a really key guy. So that's just uh, the good and bad of it. What, what yeah. do you think as we limp into the into the playoffs here? You already looking at at a quick first round exit, or what? Are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I don't have much faith in them going past the first round, obviously, especially if they're playing the Bucks, just because they don't match up well with the Bucks at all. There's nobody on the Bulls that can, uh, you know, physically match up with Giannis. I don't know. It, there's not too many guys in the NBA that can physically match up with Giannis. That's why he's, you know, top two player on the planet right now. Um, but even guys like Middleton and the smoke them, you know, you you saw Brooke Lopez uh, virtually get to the basket at, at any point in time he wanted yesterday, which is absolutely absurd against, um, you know, Vucevic. Um, you know, but, you know, circling back to Lonzo, I think where they miss him the most is you got to remember this guy was taking six or seven three point shots a game and he was hitting at it. He was hitting them at a 40 percent clip. And one thing that I think the Bulls struggle mightily at is, you know, they're just not a very good three point shooting team. They've got a decent percentage, but they don't have the volume of the shots that you were looking for in a 2022 basketball team. Right. DeMar DeRozan, for as amazing as he's been all year, he's not a three point shooter. That's just not his game. He'll go out there and get you 50 points uh, without the threes. And that's fine. Um, But, you know, you, you when you take a guy like Lonzo Ball out, you're basically just relegated to Zach Levine and Kobe White on the roster. Vucevic has been absolutely abysmal. I think he's probably shooting about 30% from three right now, and yet he continues to take him. He's just a poor shooter out there. Kobe White, you know, has has been very streaky up and down. Io's had a great rookie year, but that guy's not a three-point shooter either, and neither is Caruso. He's a defensive specialist. So, you know, I, I think that's where they miss Lonzo Ball the most. But – I do not think that this playoff run is um, is completely lost, completely in vain. Um, I think it's important for a guy like Zach Levine to get some playoff experience and get that underneath his belt, especially because you're going to give him a max contract this year. Um, you know, and I think it's important for some of the younger guys on the team. Like I said, guys like Io, guys like Patrick Williams, to be able to get this experience and be able to kind of get that taste and, and, and see how they do. And, um, you know, I, I think it always attracts other players around the league if they see, you know, this franchise getting back to the playoffs, but they kind of like the young pieces around it. So in my opinion, I think the Bulls will tweak this roster in the offseason. I think Vucevic is their biggest trade chip just because of his salary is able to match up uh, better with some other with the players. I, I don't know the value you're going to get back in return. Um, unfortunately, you might have to throw in another first round pick. Um, they've got their first round pick this year. They don't have the one the year after because of the Vucevic trade. Um, hopefully you can still hold on to a Patrick Williams, but you know, you got to get involved with, um, the, with getting a better player to fit with Zach and DeMar DeRozan. Um, me personally, I don't think that DeAndre Aiden will stay in Phoenix uh, long term just because I don't I think that owner is cheap and he doesn't want to pay all those guys on max deals. He already has Booker, Cliff Paul. He's paying Bridges already. He decided to pay Bridges before Aiden, which is nuts. Um, there's just a lot of guys he's paying. He notoriously has been a cheapskate. So I think they'll move Aiden out, out of that. You got to get involved with that if you can. It's a long shot, but you have to get involved. Um, guys like Miles Turner are names out there as well that you have to get involved with too. But the Bulls definitely need to to make a move in the offseason to tweak this roster and get it better. But in the meantime, give Zach, you know, give Zach and the rest of the guys as much um experience as possible in these playoffs, even if it's for a quick four or five games. There, there's a lot to unpack from uh, everything you just said. First of all, Cliff Paul, 
from from State Farm? Cliff? Did I say Cliff <laughs> or Chris? Cliff. You said Cliff. I loved it. At this point, at this <laughs> point, Cliff will probably, at this point, Cliff might uh, sweep the Bulls too. Cliff's Cliff's got hops still, man. He's not as uh, as old as Chris. I don't know something about it. Yeah, he's got the magic. <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, I I don't even want to look at the off season at this point. Again, it's a here and now. But it's like you said. First of all, with the youth that this team brings, mm -hmm. uh, you know, outside of DeRozan and Vucevic, it, it's a lot of young guys. And certainly you want to keep that that backcourt together of Kobe White. You know, there were a lot of Kobe White trade rumors going around in this season, during the season, before the trade deadline. Like, you got you to dish him. You got to dish Patrick Williams. Both those guys I would, I would keep, at least, you know, until their trade value is certainly higher. We'll see about that. Io has had a great rookie season. You know, he's one of those rising stars, really good. Um, defensively, despite, oh man, offensively, he missed just a terrible layup last night against the Bucks. but it's rookie mistakes like that. You know, even, even Carmelo misses shots like that, but with this team matching up against Milwaukee, I, I don't have any expectations. I mean, certainly I expect them to lose. Sorry to be the pessimist, but they are playing, you know, the reigning champs and just looking at the, you, you, I feel like I, I would love to know with a team like the Bulls who are 0-18 against these top three teams in the West and the East, if they make the playoffs, what it's like. Because I know I, I listened to Billy Donovan talk about the game uh, in the postgame presser, and he's of the mindset, a lot of coach speak, where he's saying, you are going to get tougher, and hopefully this hardens us going mm -hmm. into the playoffs, essentially. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, there's something to be said about that. I think that some of that is true. But also... It starts with the coaching, too, and, and the execution. Now, with the Vooch stuff, you know, it's funny to think you're talking about a big trade piece going forward. Vooch was the guy who a lot of people just want to hate on, and I get it, and I think he's turned, turned a little bit around defensively, but then offensively it's just gone gone away completely where he can't he can't hit a three-point shot. Like you said, he's still taking these open shots. Bulls weren't making anything behind the arc yesterday. Uh, you're just strictly relying on guys that – like um, DeRozan or Levine to be those top scorers. And now again, you wonder who that third guy is going to be uh, when you go into the, this first round matchup against the Bucks. It, it, it should be Vucevic, right? With the, the money you paid for this guy and the way you traded for him. I'm not sure that they, you know, even get this series later than, I don't know, five games, something like that with the way they've been playing. Now, again, they'll have some time, and they have the benefit of playing the Bucks many times over, and I think Bucks will probably be looking past the Bulls. But with that, that future for Vucevic is pretty grim, it looks like, when you have a season like this. And again, going back to that trade, how you don't have DeRozan and Caruso and guys like that, if you don't have Vucevic, I feel like, because the Chicago Bulls, no free agent has wanted to come here. I know in the comments, people are going nuts with Kawhi and Dame Lillard. I'm like, slow down. I, I still feel like there's a lot to uh, be proven by this team. A lot of teams can just have sort of a one-off season and, and their youth that is certainly their strength, but man, it's, it's a tough situation to be in. And again, matching up against the team that has seen you several times this season and swept you like that, that doesn't bode well to me. I, I don't, I can't think of any positives. I think that, you know, if they get a little bit of rest, that that might be uh, a benefit for sure. I think the experience now, now that you know you're not hanging your hat on Lonzo coming back, and they must have known about this for a long time and just released it saying, all right, we're going to shut him down. There's no way we can just bring him back at the beginning of April and try to supplement this guy into the starting lineup right away. But, man, like those expectations for a team that you've seen some great buzzer beaters, you've seen that backcourt do so well into Rosen and Levine and they're all-stars and they've brought life back to, you know, you're selling out the United Center, all these home games. It's uh, it's looking pretty dark. And I know, oh, I like this Nomad saying, you see Kawhi with the socks hat the other night. Maybe the fix is in, maybe he'll come. We'll see with our bar flies in the comments over here. We love it. But uh, yeah, I, I can't be, I, can't, I have to be a pessimist at this point. I think it's a big rebuild building year for the bulls and got to hang your hat on making the playoffs and getting experience for those younger guys. Like you mentioned, Ross, uh, and 45 wins and, and you're getting in the second, but it also it's good. It's going to be tough to compete with Cleveland now, how they're up and coming to, and how the bucks are really well equipped to make a longer run, you know, with Giannis at the, at the focal point with their MVP and Giannis. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, it comes down to a talent thing. In the NBA, you know, talent is always going to win out, especially because you're going to play, you know, seven, uh, you know, seven game series round after round, which means the talent is always going to come, you know, come to the top. It's not like football where anybody could get got on any given Sunday or in college on any given Saturday or even the NCAA tournament like we saw uh, over the last five, you know, five to six weeks where, you know, good teams can just get got on an on a off night, right? You know, talent's always going to rise to the top. I do feel good about Zach and and Demar going forward. I, I like that tandem. I think those guys are only going to get better. I think Zach is is going to get better as a player. He's just too young um, to not continue to evolve and, and and be a better player. He's improved every single season since he's gotten to Chicago. Got to clean up the injuries, uh, you know, a little bit for him. But you know, I, I feel good about that. You got to get Lonzo healthy, obviously. And I think you know if you get yourself. A you know you know a solid big man to you know compete and to help you protect the rim and to help you you know you know clean up the glass and stuff like that. The Bulls have a shot. A big thing for me is if you are going to hold on to Patrick Williams, and I'm fine with that, but he has got to evolve and turn into the player that you thought he was going to be when you drafted him fourth overall, which is a you know a, a potential star. And if that guy turns into a potential all star, and look, he's a lockdown defender when he's on. Um, he can hit a corner three, right? And, and he can—he's got some moves to the basket. I think he needs to be more aggressive. I think he's a little too quiet and a little too passive on offense. But if you can get that guy to, you know, to kind of turn into a to a star, those are the those are the kind of things that you're looking for going forward, right? Because you know, how are you going to be able to maximize value on the roster that you have? And and you know, this is a salary cap league. So there's only so many guys that you can fit in and. Uh, underneath the salary cap you've got Demar, you've got zach those guys are going to be you know virtually on max contracts it's going to be really difficult to kind of fit in another guy in there um you can kind of sneak one in with vooch and then you know throw in some other guys as a trade but again what all-star is is truly going to be available to to come to chicago via trade um you know it's going to be slim pickings out there i i you know dame is is i see dame has been up in the comments dame has said time and time and again he wants to ride it out in in portland i don't i don't agree with that but he wants to do that (laughs) i don't agree with it but he wants to do it right but so you know that's his that's his thing i don't think a guy like Jokic is ever going to leave denver i think he likes denver a lot i think he's going to get a guy like jamal murray back and michael porter jr back and he likes his chances there so you've got to pivot to to some other guys you know, as the NBA, the scrunnel stars do come up, you know, every six months. I, I We know that for a fact, you know, but, you know, you could, um, you know, you can maybe throw your name in the hat for Anthony Davis if that thing gets really bad. But, you know, his nickname is Street Clothes for a reason. So do you want a guy that's only going to play 40 to 45 games a year? You know, and, and that's what makes our, our, our tourists kind of show this job uh, and Mark Eversley, uh, you know, difficult in the offseason. But um, in the meantime, because we have been so negative and pessimistic about this, enjoy the playoff run. And if you're enjoy going to it. if you're going to United Center, hang out. There's some beautiful bars on Madison. Go see our, our people at Third Rail and Crossroads. Um yeah. Rinaldi's. Evan will tell Alex. you about the about Rinaldi's as well. Take care of them. Have some fun. If it's Milwaukee and it's a it's a Friday or Saturday game in Milwaukee, that's a very tempting 24-hour road trip to make to go see that one. Um, yeah, yeah, right. Milwaukee's a fun town. Evan and I have had a lot of uh, a lot of fun nights in Milwaukee as well. So enjoy the playoffs, Bulls fans. We don't want to be too pessimistic. It's been a long time since they've they've gotten here, and um, you know you should at least uh, revel in that and, and enjoy that moment. Yeah, it's it's uncharted territory for the Bulls for several years now that they haven't been back. And you know the United Center was bumping in early 2010s when it was those Derrick Rose and. And Joakim Noah years, it's exciting. You still have to have, you got to root for that home team. You, you have to have a little bit of optimism in there because, like Kevin Garnett said, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anything's except possible. For, except for the Bulls winning a championship this year. <laughs> except for that. <laughs> I'd sneak by Milwaukee. They might take it, you know, could turn around and make it a seven game series, something like that. But Ross and I are both saying no. We'd, we'd both say no if you asked us right now. Um, again, I wish I had just put my child's college savings on them playing the top three teams in the east and west every every damn game this year it, it's unbelievable um with how they've played so yeah I, I think that we will watch the playoffs we, we will see how these bulls show up but that's a huge loss with lonzo ball and who knows what that future will hold for them but yeah it's all 
I'll tip it off pretty soon as we segue into some other basketball headlines here too, Ross. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lakers miss out on the playoffs. What a disappointment yep. before we even get into those play-in games, which will be a week from now. And what a disappointment. Twitter has been hilarious. Just all of social media, sports radio has been great. A just terrible season, pretty much the worst case scenario you could think of when they had Anthony Davis said it, they had more starting lineup changes than wins. What? It's unbelievable. And, you know, like we talk about injuries in sports are so tough to overcome, but this team was laid with talent. It was supposed to be the jewel and everybody's like, oh, it's going to be Brooklyn and L.A. in the championship. Look at Kawhi playing against his old teammate in LeBron, blah, blah, blah. No, LeBron had a great season. You got to hang your head on that. I mean, the productivity that this guy puts out in his late 30s like this, the, the, he must be on something else. He must have Jordan's secret stuff. He must have the fountain of youth, something like that. His feet are all messed up. Google it. His feet are really jacked up. Uh, so there's a price to be paid for all of that. But he also says he puts like a million dollars of training and health and everything into his body every year. The Lakers as a whole, this is such a huge disappointment. And I know a lot of people predicted them to, to miss the playing games and they didn't even want to. LeBron sat that game against Phoenix where he left early. It's just not a good way to carry yourself to, right? Like this guy is the leader. He's the face of the league still. You're going to miss him when you're when he's gone. Everybody, every basketball fan will tell you. But, dude, a huge disappointment. Carmelo with the whole Russell Westbrook fiasco, too. It was just not good, man. I mean, LeBron, really, it's all about the stat stuffing for him. It was that. It certainly wasn't about getting wins. They were getting blown out by teams like Charlotte and just teams that are at the bottom of the barrel, you know, they're, they're fighting to beat Portland, you know, who we just talked about uh, Dame wanting to stay at for some reason like that. The one good thing to come out of this uh, with Lakers situation was the one shining moment video uh, from the Lakers. That will, that will make you belly laugh. It's on my Twitter at the real Evan Mac. Go watch it. It was hilarious. Uh, very timely after NCAA tournament. Well, where does LeBron go from here? Clearly he's going to stay with the Lakers, but is he going to play GM? What's he going to do in this off season? I mean, you can probably, you know, you could probably write this story. What's going to happen is, um, you know, he's going to let a couple weeks go by. He's going to, you know, take the banana boat crew out, you know, oh, yeah. uh, the Carmelo Anthony of the world, not Chris Paul, because he's going to be, he's going to be probably in the NBA finals. So he's going to have to go without him, his buddy, Chris Paul, but he's going to let this kind of, yeah, he's going to let this kind of uh, chill out for a couple weeks, let it simmer. And then all of a sudden you're going to hear one of those uh, random stories from, you know, Malika Andrews or something like that. Uh, you know, basically saying uh, it wasn't my idea to bring Russell Westbrook in. I, I was completely against it the whole time and blah, blah, blah. And he's going to force Russell Westbrook out of Los Angeles, which, you know, I think is completely BS because LeBron was the one that fought for Russell Westbrook to go there. They had a deal for Buddy Heald uh, to join the team. I thought that was a better fit. I, you know, you can pull my receipts on Twitter. I said in the moment, Westbrook is an awful fit for that Lakers team. He just does not give them what they need. They needed shooting. They needed spacing. Um, and, and he gave them the exact opposite of that. Um, so, you know, LeBron's going to play GM again. He's probably going to do a poor job at it because he's not very good at it. You know, he hasn't been good at it in the past. Um, you know, he tried to, to make shift some Cleveland teams together that just kept getting their butts kicked by, uh, Golden State and, and and stuff like that, and then he that's why he bolted out of there to go to the to Lakers. Um, I do agree with Aldo. I think LeBron is at a point in his career now where he realizes he can't um, catch Michael. He's not going to be able to catch Kobe either. Probably he's not even going to go down as as probably one of the four or five greatest Lakers of all time over Magic and Kobe and Jerry West. Shout out to Jerry West on on uh, HBO's Winning Time. Um, and even a guy like Shaq or, or you know, something like that. So he's just going to chase records. And he's going to try and shoot for, to take down Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring record. I think Kareem took a, a subtle shot in him at, at the media the other day. Um, so, you know, LeBron's going to take extra offense to that. And that's just what he's chasing now. He's going to take chase personal records. And he's going to tell you, uh, you know, when he's 42 and he's retired, and see, I was the greatest because I scored the most points and this and that. But. If you're somebody of our age, I'm, I'm 40 years old. 
I was there for all of Michael's career. I saw all of LeBron's career. I just cannot compare the two. One guy is clearly better than the other. And I think Michael Jordan would never sit on a bench, uh, you know, twirling his beard and, and laughing if he knew that his team was getting his ass kicked, you know, getting their ass kicked and about to miss the playoffs. That would absolutely just infuriate Michael Jordan. This is the same guy that came back early after a broken foot just to lead his team to an eight seed. He was just that competitive. So yeah, I, I think that's what kind of separates uh, those two guys. I love LeBron. I think he's an outstanding basketball player. He's just not my goat. <laughs> I'm sorry. Not my goat. I know that Kareem has since apologized for some of the stuff he said as well. And, said, and I'm sure somebody from the Lakers called him and said, hey, Kareem, can right. you apologize? Which is bullshit too. Which is bullshit. Yeah. LeBron James is a, is a goddamn grown man. Like, take it as a man. You know what I'm saying? He's the first one to tell you that uh, the criticism fuels him and, and he goes out there to shut the haters up. But then if somebody says something bad about him, he gets Dude, very defensive. This is that season where he kicked those Pacers fans out from courtside. Like, how it's just unfathomable. Like, the guy's ego and his. In, People can say whatever they want, man. You have to have tougher skin. You know Jordan went through it. You know all these guys went through it. And I think there's a line. This was that season also in the NBA picture where all these NBA players started clapping back and Durant's like, shut your ass up. You know, all these guys are just really saying like, we've had enough, which I get. man. Like, dude, you, we, we don't want another mouse in the palace over here. And you could not go toe-to-toe with the Anthony Davises of the world or a Patrick Beverly. Like, see with the parking lot. Like, it's yeah. just ridiculous. But yeah, with the Lakers situation, he's got to play GM. And I think it's an, a whole new season. And there's everybody and their mom wants to play with LeBron. I think the Russ Westbrook experiment was just that and a failed one. And you move on from it. I think Anthony Davis, of course, you know, losing that guy who is, you know, his, his sidekick at that point, uh, who's who's going to be the the Pippin to Jordan, you know, in that if you're looking at that analogy type of thing, mm-hmm. that. Man, he, he has to stay healthy, but he's Mr. Street Clothes. It's so tough, and injuries hit this team really badly, and the offseason was, was let a lot of guys go, let a lot of guys walk and test the free agent waters and get paid elsewhere. Caruso left and Schroeder left. So, you know, but going back to his character, I, I just don't agree with how he walks out at the, you know, and potentially this – which was the the game where they get out of the plan game. I mean, dude, you just got to conduct yourself better than that. When you're the face of the team, face of the franchise, face of the league, uh, it just it struck me as soft. It, it wasn't. It was not good. Um, the only thing I remember, Aldo, is uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar flying the airplane in the movie Airplane <laughs> and fighting Bruce Lee. Man, the guy was like <laughs> half his size. It was ridiculous. So I know a lot of people are pretty torn about this playing game sort of nonsense. I don't know. I guess we'll call it. It's just, yeah. again, kind of the answer to the NFL's again, seventh seed, adding more seeds, adding more games. You have more revenue. If you got more of the postseason. same with the playing game in, in baseball, this is happening in every major sport right now. Mm-hmm. But if we look at it, uh, we'd look at the West. Uh, first of all, the T wolves, Clippers, Pelicans, and Spurs would be those seven, eight, nine, ten 10 seeds. Neither of those, none of those teams I, I really care about, really. Uh, in the East, it's a little more interesting uh, when you talk about the Cavs, the Nets, Hawks, and Hornets. Like, Cavs, Nets, man, both those teams could make a little bit of a run, and Trey Young and the Hawks, like, that team's pretty well-equipped to to make some noise, I think. Certainly, the Nets is the team I root for to see, you know, about a week from now, if they stay in the spot. Can they get in? And can they take on, it looks like they would draw, you know, uh, the Sixers, someone like that, or one of the the top seeds. That would be pretty exciting when you see how far Kyrie and KD can carry these dudes without, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge, he's up in the air. And obviously, you know, Ben Simmons wasn't going to play this this season, even with this trade. It's pretty ridiculous. Uh, But I... You know, I'll tune in again. It's 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 a little more playoff action than I like, but mm-hmm. I guess are you pro playing games at this point, Ross? That is also absolutely a bigger not. question. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely not. I I do not like rewarding 
um, mediocre uh, achievements, in my opinion. I, I think when you expand sport, when you expand playoffs in sports, that's exactly what you get. So I don't think that an under 500 team should be rewarded by making the, the playoffs. Just like if we're going back to the NFL, I, I wasn't a big fan of the 17th game season. Um, as uh, as I wasn't a big fan of extending the playoffs, and, and I mean, yes, it's fun in the moment. We we all love more playoff games and more football. But you know, to me, I thought that the the next weekend after that was the better weekend because I thought we got better football out of it, right? And so you know, I, you look at a team like last year, like the you know going back to football, like the Eagles just getting absolutely trounced by the Buccaneers. I don't need the Eagles in my playoffs. I I, I really don't. You know what I'm saying? And that's what happens when you expand. Uh, playoffs. I don't need some of these uh, NBA teams that are under 500 in. I want to see the best of the best. I've been watching you for six months straight already, right? I've been watching your league for, for so long. You just played 82 games. I don't need to see an extra series or an extra two or three games of shitty teams. I want to get to the best of the best. I want to get to the good teams playing against each other. It's how I feel about every single playoffs. I think baseball is trying this as well this year. It's upsetting to me as a White Sox fan that, you know, they they finally have a, a good team that's willing to compete for a World Series. And they're just letting all these other shitty teams in the playoffs to, to play, you know, against them and stuff like that. I, I'm not a fan of expanding playoffs at all. I never have been. It's all about the money. That, that's what it comes back to. Of course to. it is. Of course it is. But it, it, it does, it taints the playoffs. You're exactly right. I, I don't like it. I think that, uh, again, it's it's rewarding mediocrity. Like we've never seen a nine and 10 seed get in before. Why mm -hmm. would we want to? I mean, in the off chance, we, we do see one of these teams make a run like a Timberwolves team or something ridiculous like that, but we won't. And I think that's the reason. It was exciting enough with one and eight seed. You remember... It was the Bulls-Celtics many years ago. It was one of the best series that we've ever mm -hmm. seen. Went to seven games and sure. double, triple overtimes. Ridiculous situations like that. Just let it be. And I know Alder just pointed out, these seasons are too long. You're expanding the playoffs already. Dude, just, just, get, me, just get me in there. If anything, yes. shorten that first round. Give yes. me five. I mean, best of five. I don't need a best to of be, seven. With this, it used you know? to be like that. It used to exactly. be like that. Yeah, but again, I think... I think, the, I think the NBA should be anywhere between 64 to 72 games. I think they were severely cut down on these injuries that we're seeing because a lot of these guys are playing too many games in a week. Um, and I would go straight to a one through eight seed with, um, like you said, five games in the first round. Let's go to seven games after that. NFL, the same thing. I love the 16-game schedule. I, I, I was not a big fan of the 17th game. Um, and I wasn't a big fan of extending the playoffs either. And I, and trust me, that's very that that's that's surprising me to say because I love 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 doing nothing more than spending my my Sundays on the sofa watching nothing but ten hours straight of football. But I like still seeing quality football. These players don't enjoy it either. Let's keep that in mind too, man. Like they should be making the shots as well as these these owners. Mm -hmm. uh, let's move on quickly, Ross. We have a lot to yeah. finish up on. A lot of topics like we teased. Shout it. out to Kansas with the largest comeback in NCAA men's championship history. You thought that UNC had it bagged in the first half when they were up by 15, but that's why you play the entire 40 minutes, man. They're, sure. Kansas always a force. Early favorite for next year is Arkansas, if you can believe it. Uh, they got a great recruiting class. I actually saw the McDonald's American game uh, a couple weeks ago, and, and there were a couple studs there. Uh, even overshadowing that is these Coach K rumors that he squashed. But uh, and I was pissed, man. I got like, why can't you just? If I have an antenna, I should be able. This is my the cheap Mac that uh, that you all know and love. I have an antenna. I don't. Want, I don't have TBS. I'm not paying you know, <laughs> Ed Turner over here. I thought I could just have CBS on the antenna right. and watch it there. No, right. I would have to go to a bar on a Monday. You would think that, or, um, or illegally that stream it. Not that I condone it. Yeah, I was going to say, you would think that every single major sporting event championship would just be streamed, right? Yeah, I mean, it should be. It's so ridiculous to me. I feel yes. like you're losing leadership, yes. as a, a viewership, yes. excuse me, as a result. But shout out to Kansas. They they did quite well, and that comeback was something else. They they were, what, 16 to 1 going into these uh, the March Madness games? That's incredible. Some people they made were. Some Yeah, Yeah, they were. I, uh, I, I, admittedly missed the whole thing i went to sleep i was uh, a day after uh, uh from coming home from vegas and i uh, in recovery mode and, and detox mode and i went right to sleep those those late starts for these games they kill me 
And, uh, you know, you got a kid, I got a kid as well. And I missed virtually the whole thing. Dude. I mean, college, uh, sports in general with, I mean, I can just think of NCAA football and basketball. Yeah. These Monday games are just a killer. You know, nobody wants to stay up for them, let alone watch them on a Monday night. Like it's just, I don't know. I feel like it's just for the bars out there. Shout out to them. Yep. Masters is this weekend, Ross tiger yes, plans sir. to play. Uh, I don't see a chance in, in hell that he makes a run even to the top tier of guys into Sunday if he even makes that cut. But he's such a competitor, man, and it's crazy. People are always saying, he's limping. Why is he playing? <laughs> he's he has like a permanent limp now. But he's that guy in the vein of a Brady or LeBron where you go to yourself, I'm, I'm sure going to miss this dude at his mm-hmm. best in his element. So, I mean, that's great that he is playing. It would be pretty fantastic to see him in the red shirt on Sunday. Uh, I would root for that, but other favorites, we got John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Cameron Smith, Scotty Scheffler, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Capo. All those guys are in the top several spots. You got any guys you're rooting for Ross? Yeah. Justin Rose and Brooks Capo are, are two of my favorites. Um, you know, obviously just growing up, Tiger Woods is, is one of the most influential, influential athletes of my era. So I think the, the sport and the, the, uh, the atmosphere is just better with him in it. We've seen, uh, thousands upon thousands of people already at Augusta this week, just watching him practice, which is absolutely insane for him to be playing in this tournament this weekend, coming off of that shattered leg, uh, from that car accident is just an amazing achievement, uh, within itself. And I'm excited to, to be able to see him. And it's like, like you said, I hope he makes the cut and he's able to just still play meaningful golf, you know, going into the weekend. And, um, you know, it's what makes this guy happy, right? Golf is all he knows right now. He's got a young son who is coming up, you know, as well. And, and, and Charlie looks like he's got a lot of talent as well. And I think Tiger wants to be a big part of that and, and kind of wants to uh, set an example for Charlie and, um, you know, playing in this tournament is a big deal for him as well, but it's just a better masters. And, you know, for me, the masters always, signifies that it's the, it's like spring into summer is really here so right. you know nothing is, is better than uh than that signal and seeing that beautiful green grass on those hd tvs and saying that that better days are coming weather wise right yeah absolutely spring has sprung we're almost past the rain part of it and into summer man that's exciting right. uh speak, speaking of heat new push a t out ross Ooh. neck and wrist featuring pharrell and jay-z just give mm-hmm. me the album tomorrow, please. Give me it ASAP. I, I think it's coming soon, too. He was on Hot Ones promoting it, and I know that uh, we were just talking about it before the show how he released his tour dates coming up. He's going to play Chicago in June. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be exciting. He's all about quality, man. He's the Martin Scorsese of rap. Yes. Yes, huge Pusha T fans. I've been a huge Pusha T time. I went to uh, college at Hampton University where Clips, uh, which was him and his brother, had just came out. Those guys were from VA uh, along with Pharrell. So they had set the whole state on fire back then. And uh, I've been a big fan ever since. So I cannot wait for the album. Last album was amazing. It's executive produced by Kanye West, as we know. Um, But the guy puts out nothing but heat, nothing but fire. I'm excited for the album. And kicking it off in the West Coast and then coming to the Midwest. That's exciting. And yeah, like you said, I've been a fan since Clips days, man. That that got me into a lot of rap. Uh, It's quite exciting. And, you know, the Grammys just wrapping up here as we got a few minutes left. Uh, If you did not tune in, you missed out on Silk Sonic in, in my in my wig rendition over here. I don't know if Anderson Pack ever takes off that wig, but I, I was only there for Silk Sonic and I was not disappointed in the least. They're fantastic. His Gucci suit was great. Bruno Mars just smoking on stage. And the way they opened up the Grammys just killed it with their song, 777. Uh, it's like Anderson Pack said, we call that a clean sweep. They won song and record of the year. I don't know if everybody's taking that wig off, like I said, and, and why would you? He rocks it so well. Other highlights were SZA and Crutches and Doja Cat being hilarious together. Like, I don't know why SZA even had those crutches besides maybe wearing six inch heels. I think that was part of it. Doja Cat like rushing back from the bathroom yeah. on the rap tip. Call me if you get lost winning rap album of the year. And Tyler, the creator going to Instagram live to do his acceptance speech was hilarious. Um, and also John Patiste, man, shout out to him. Great album. That's a great such, album. A, such a great album. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you alluded to, we are is a great album. His performance was crazy. And most people would know him just from Colbert rapport. 
Yeah. Uh, or I should say, you know, the Colbert show now, of course, I think yeah. about of that still, but yeah. the Colbert show, he's, you know, the new answer to quest love. And I love what they do him. And um, I think it's stay human is the backup yes. band. Yeah. Yes. I mean, really just well-deserved. He got five Grammys, such a nice guy down to earth. Uh, Grammys were fine. I, I can't believe you didn't go see Silk Sonic when you were in Vegas too. I feel like you could, you should have went. Tickets are went. The tickets are cost a fortune. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with you on John Baptista. If you want a good, uh, Friday, Saturday night, sipping some bourbon music or something like that, just kind of relaxing, chilling. He's got the perfect album for that. Um, you know, speaking, speaking of, of, of that style of music, I, I found out that Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga are still making music together. I know this is like their fourth or fifth album that they've done together and they got nominated for a Grammy as well. So uh, shout out to Tony Bennett, who is uh, not only still alive, good for him, but is still making quality music as well. And uh, Olivia Rodrigo, uh, you know, racked up as well. That's not in our demographic, but kudos to her. Shout out to her. She's like 19. Uh, Good for her. I feel weird just even talking about her. Um, (laughs) <laughs> one one guy in my demographic is Nas. It's always great to see Nas perform. Oh, yeah. uh, he was out there. He had the he had the suit jacket with no shirt on, just giving all the 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 forty something year old vibes. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, no kidding, man. You know, on the last subject we'll touch on here, Ross, we got this great list, and yep. like we alluded to, of our hip hop tastes. They're different than most, uh, tailored to us specifically. But I'll, I'll rip through this real quick. Favorite rapper of all time. Mm-hmm. I'll Tupac. let you leave this off. Age before beauty. Tupac. 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 So I take this as MC too, and I will go with Q-Tip from nice. Tribe Called Quest, one of my favorite yep. lyricists, favorite frontman. Favorite rapper of the '80s. That's a tough one. Small sample size, but some some hitters. Uh, I'm going to go Busta Rhymes, who started oh, in the 80s. Yeah, he did. I'd go KRS-One and Big Daddy Kane, who a lot of notoriety yeah. in the 80s and yeah. carried into the 90s. But without those guys, you don't see a, a ton Kumo, of rappers. Kumo D is up there for me, too. Kumo D. You forget, like, EPMD came up there. You forget NWA, yeah. Public Enemy were there. I mean, 80s started all off. Shout, out to, shout out to the Big Daddy Kane comment, too. Great. great Yo, movie. absolutely. Uh, favorite rapper of the 90s? Nas. Young Nas. Nasty Nas, the introduction. Favorite rapper of the 2000s? Kanye. Kanye. Mm -hmm. Aldo took it back to the 70s. Sugar Hill Gang. (laughs) Aldo, stop aging our show. Uh, Favorite female rapper? I like Rhapsody. Lil' Kim. Lil' Kim. All right. Take that. Favorite rap group? I feel like there's only two answers for this, but maybe Who's I'm that? wrong. I just mentioned Who's some. Yeah, there's there's too much. <laughs> there's several answers. I'm sorry. Uh, Tribe Called Quest to Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang. I, yeah. Wu-Tang. Uh, favorite trap rapper? Ooh, Young Jeezy. Young Jeezy. Okay, I'll take that. Two Chains. Yeah, I love Two Most expensivest. Most expensivest. <laughs> Pretty girls like trap music. Favorite dead rapper? Is it Tupac? It's still Tupac. For you, it's, it's still, very dead. still very dead. Still very dead. Uh, <laughs> not unless you watch Atlanta. And we'll true. talk about that next week. Uh, but I'd also go Five Dog too on the Tribe Called Quest tip because a lot of people are going to say big favorite rapper from your state, from the great Illinois. Kanye West. Kanye West. Although I go Common. Common. Yeah, I go Common would be there too. Yeah. Common's up there for sure. Favorite rapper under thirty-five. Is Kendrick under 35? I think he's right at the cutoff, and I thought about this. He's like right at 35. It's okay. like on or below 35. Kendrick, yeah. Tyler yeah. the Creator, he's younger too. Tyler the Creator, Vince Staples, but I'd go Tyler. Tyler's been outstanding. Yeah. Most underrated rapper. Royce the 5'9. Royce the 5'9. You love Royce, man. I'm a big, big crit friend these days and he has been putting out big heat crit is awesome as well big crit is great shout out to lupe lupe is the food is still one of my favorite hip-hop albums of all time oh, food's so good and most overrated Oof. that's I a know tough one i know the, who's gonna be your answer um i'm gonna shock some people i'm gonna say snoop dog 
Snoop Dogg, if you've ever seen him live, you'll be like, man, he is overrated. Uh, <laughs> but he's also, he's timeless, man. He's yes. spanned like a lot of these decades that we have mentioned. I'd say Drake because he just yes. went strictly to pop. But yeah, I mean, that's just a really, we'll get to another one in a second too. That was a very popular um, category there. Favorite producer? Kanye West. Kanye has to be the answer for me. Yeah, I'm with you. Favorite rap album of all time. We only got a few more of these. Oh man, favorite rap Oh, Aldo album. said Lil Wayne overrated. Terrible. Uh, Terrible. Uh, <laughs> the Blueprint, Jay Z. The Blueprint. I'm going to go Ready to Die, the Biggie fan club over here. Favorite song. Now, I didn't know if this was just song. It's not song on the album, just favorite song, hip hop song. That's crazy. Yeah. What would you say? I'd say Runaway That's up there. Yeah, The People, Common. Oh, The People's great. That's a fantastic one. Common, shout out to Common. Rapper you hate, finally. <laughs> <laughs> can we call machine gun kelly a rapper and just could, end it there you could call machine gun kelly a rapper yes. whatever the hell he is uh if yes. it's the if it's like the category is i don't care for them it would be earl sweatshirt he does nothing for me yeah earl doesn't do anything for me either uh All neither things. do neither do All most things. of the lows low Uzi yeah i don't know <laughs> Lulz, what Lulz, yeah. Lulz, i don't know what that is <laughs> We're out of time. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. This will be on YouTube as well if you missed it. And follow us on Twitter. Follow me at the Real Evan Mac. Follow Ross at Ross Reed. Our social media handles. Great first show. We'll be back next Wednesday. Check out all the barroom programming uh, only on the Barroom Network. Uh, check us out on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to our podcasts and our shows. And uh, we'll Talk to you all very soon. Have a good week. Enjoy the Masters. We're out of here. Masters. Peace.